This podcast is published by MDA National to support doctors in training with first-hand experiences from peers on the things they wish they'd known about their specialty area. Hello, it's Norman Swan here. Welcome to another podcast where doctors talk about what drives them, why they enjoy what they do, and share advice to emerging doctors who may be contemplating career choices and preparing for their training schemes. You'll hear how these doctors are often conscious of the ethical and legal complexities of being a practicing physician. Michael Galvin is an orthopaedic surgeon working in Victoria. He's a first year consultant doing general orthopaedics. I started off by asking Mike why he chose orthopaedics. Oh, that's a good question. My, my philosophy with how people choose their specialty is that you, you, you go through your, your, your medical training and then you go through your early years as an intern and a resident. And I think you find someone who is what you want to be like when you're older. And I was very fortunate uh, very early in my, my first rotation as an intern. I had some fairly influential and fantastic orthopedic consultants and I just uh, I really liked the way that they ran the unit, um, dealt with patients, and I, I wanted to be like that when I was older, and that just happened to be doing orthopaedics, and that's why I chose to do orthopaedics. That, in combination with the, the type of work that orthopaedics involved, uh, really was uh, the reason that I decided to do orthopaedics. What was the role model that they presented to you that you really liked? Describe that behaviour that you saw in those consultants. It was a, a head of unit at the time who really treated every single person in that unit as equals and that was a very non-hierarchical unit. Everyone was respected in the unit. Different surgeons had different areas of expertise and when there was a, a case that would be better treated by another surgeon, they were invited to participate. An incredibly strong passion for teaching and I think that's the one thing that, that I really enjoyed because even as a, an intern I've had worked on surgical units where as an intern you, you really aren't involved in the, the surgical side of things you're, you're on the uh, the wards organizing paperwork and discharge summaries but to be really treated like a part of a team at such an early point in my career really was inspiring from my point of view and that was one of the reasons that I, I really liked orthopaedics and orthopaedics lends itself really well to teaching so there's there's a lot to teach even as a, a junior doctor it doesn't take you much to get a grasp on some of the basics so you feel like you do have an understanding about what's going on and what is it about the work that you like there's lots of different reasons that I like the work and I guess first of all that really comes down to the hands-on practical side of things. I've always liked building things and like playing with tools when I was a kid and growing up and I had the advantage of I had a, one grandfather who was an electrician and the other grandfather who was a silversmith and I think for the first I don't know, 10 years of my life, I lived in a garage sheds building things. So that, that, that goes pretty hand in hand with orthopaedics. And the patient population, so we see everyone from paediatric patients that are just born with hip dysplasia to people who have neck or femur fractures when they're 99. So it, it's one of those specialties that you never really get bored with. So every day I go to work, I see something that I haven't seen before and uh, I've got a challenge. I've got to figure out how I'm either going to fix something or how I'm going to put a hip replacement in. And it, um, it makes you think and it is uh, quite rewarding from that point of view. Certainly when you're training, there's a lot of trauma. And if you're going to continue doing some public practice, you, you end up on the acute trauma roster. Do you like trauma? Yeah, look, I really enjoy the trauma side of things. Um, I think you, you have to have a, a, a balanced practice so that you see a little bit of elective and a little bit of trauma. But 
the um, the trauma is certainly it makes you think a little bit more than the the elective side of things, just because of the um, the ver- the variation of the things that you can see. And of course, there is the one of the stereotypes, of course, in, in orthopedics is that you you don't get too caught up in physicianly like things and considering differential diagnoses and so on. But I imagine if you're going to be a general orthopedic surgeon, you've actually got to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think the majority of medical students really see orthopedics at a just at a surface level and don't really see the breadth because they're not really involved in a unit for, for a long period of time to see the variety of cases that come through. But certainly going through the process of orthopedic exams and doing the fellowship training, uh, you realise just like you would with the physician's exams or any other surgical exams that the vast array of information and um, the depth at which you have to know the variety of the different conditions is really is, is, is vast. How tough did you find the exams? I, I think anyone doing any of their kind of final training exams, um, I don't think anyone's going to tell you that they found them easy. But I was, <laughs> I was fortunate that I had a, a really good study group. We, we had five of us in the group and uh, for, the, for the 18 months before our exams, we, we met on a weekly basis and really worked together to, to go through everything and make sure we were up to standard. A lot of your colleagues, you know, consultant colleagues, you know, your first year out and you're doing general orthopedics, but a lot of your colleagues are specialised, super specialised. So they only do knees, they only do ankles, they only do shoulders, they only do spines. What's your perspective on that subspecialization, and do you, th- do you think it's inevitable that you go down that track? Yeah, look, I think it, a lot of it has got to do with your geography as well. So if you're an orthopaedic surgeon who's working in Melbourne or working in uh, Sydney, then uh, because of the there's so many of us that you really do have to pick an area that you do focus down into and, and specialise in. And look, that does give you the advantage of being able to really develop an excellent set of skills in that field and become an, an expert in one um, one particular subspecialty. I've often wondered, though, if it's boring. It becomes <laughs> boring if you only do the ankle. I guess I tend to agree with you. My preference would be to um, look at something. So I plan to do lower limb, which would encompass hip, neck, foot, and ankle, um, but also maintain uh, some trauma on the uh, on the on call roster, so that really I think gives me the variety, but um, enough of ability to focus on some areas that I enjoy and um, I really concentrate on them. So you still wake up in the morning looking forward to it. I do absolutely. Every day I go to work, I meet new patients, I see new things, and the rewarding nature of the the job is just incredible. I can have a young girl come in who's got a a broken arm. She comes in has a, an operation or a procedure to straighten out her arm and can leave that afternoon with a, a straight arm and heal with no long-term complications. And that, that I find that really rewarding. You mentioned before we started the interview that you like the number needed to treat to be small. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, um, I have this theory on orthopedics that we have, a, we have a low number needed to treat. So if you have a patient who comes in with high blood pressure and you start them on antihypertensives, you need, you need to treat nearly 100 people before you get to the point where you've potentially prevented one uh, cardiovascular event. I only need one girl, six-year-old girl with a bent arm to straighten it. So from, from that point of view, it, it is a bit of instant gratification. <laughs> Tell me about the transition from being a fellow to a consultant and what, what you learned from that transition. 
I was like any final year trainee about to become a consultant, nervous. Um, and I think if you're not nervous, then there's something wrong. Um, you're about to to embark on a fairly significant change in the level of participation that was required in a patient's care and also that's the next step in terms of the responsibility and I've got the had the advantage of I've had some incredible surgical mentors throughout my years of training and I've discussed this at length with them beforehand saying that I was apprehensive about starting it's going to be a big change I'm not going to have that person behind me that I can turn to and say is this all right and have someone say yes or no within with an instant I have to rely on my own decision making at this point I have actually found the transition much easier than I had thought it was going to be but I say that with a couple of disclaimers and that is that you do need senior medical people that you can contact and you can say I've seen this patient I don't know what to do or I'm not sure or this is what I want to do you think I'm doing the right thing Uh, so you need a a mentor that you can do that with and I'm very fortunate I've got one and you also need a, a colleague who is at the same level as you that I think you can reflect together and you can share the the wins that you have and share some of the things that go wrong and talk it over and make sure that you um you go through it together so I've really enjoyed it mike that's fantastic thank you very much for joining us no pleasure here to support you visit mda nationals website at mdanational.com.au or call 1-800-011-255 for tailored advice specific to your situation career stage or policy the information provided is based on the personal experiences of the doctor speaker and does not constitute medico-legal advice from or by mda national